saying, this sermon series is not about gambling, but there is sort of a gamble involved, and it's your life. Amen? So your life will be on that table instead. Uh, give it up for Kelvin. He snapped on this slide. Today we're going to talk about his worth. Everybody say, his worth. His worth. Now this is not a Drake song, Know Yourself, Know Your Worth. It's an old Drake song. That's old. But this, is, this ain't that. This ain't that, okay? This is a different type of worth. This is the worth of the Lord, okay? We're going to be talking about that. And now that the school year has started, many, many of us are entering a new chapter of our lives. How many of you are just starting high school? Raise your hand. We got two. Let's go. Let's go. How many of you are in your senior year of high school? Ooh, man, this is intense. That's intense. Man, you have a lot of debt to look forward to if you're going to university, unless you get that young scholarship. Come on now. Okay. How many of you are in eighth grade? Make some noise. Come on. I know we have more eighth graders than that. Eighth grade. How many of you are in eighth grade? Make some noise. Come on, Josie. There you go. There you go. There you go. So you're entering a new season in your life where you got high school, you got college, you got all these things, you know, popping up, right? We got Marco. He just started college. And Malia. Where's Malia? There you are. They just started college, Bible college. And, and a lot of us, you know, we, we're kind of excited. Uh, we're doing new things. And wherever we're at, whether it be a new chapter, no chapter, there's one question, no matter how you put it, and essentially is this. Is God worthy? You're going to face that question many times in your life, whether it be in, in eighth grade, whether it be in high school, wherever you may be, you're going to ask this question, is God worthy? I already said it in the sermon series, uh, we're going to be talking about like a gamble almost, and what all in means is we want to, I, I expect all of us at the end of the sermon series to understand what it means to go all in for following Jesus. So all in. Every part of you following Jesus. But before we can decide, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to give my life to him. We have to essentially understand his worth. We have to understand the worthiness of God. So if we can go to Psalm 96, uh, verse 1. I would like someone with a physical Bible to come up here. Anybody have a physical Bible? Physical Bible. Physical. Anybody have a paper Bible. There's one in the front. Who? Josie, I'm going to call on you. Come here, Josie. Come here, Josie. So, Josie, I would like you to read this, and I would want, I want you to read it with passion, okay? All right? So, like, just like you're preaching. She preached on uh, uh, Jackson Square and Bourbon Street. Fire. I want you to speak like that, okay? So, if we can get a Bible for Josie really quickly. The Bible says that public reading of the scripture is very important, right? So I'm, I'm going to be calling y'all out so y'all be ready, okay? If you, if you struggle with reading, don't worry. No one is going to make fun of you. You don't have to come here if you don't want to. I know how it is. When I was in high school and they were about to pick on me for reading, I was sweating bullets. I was like, don't pick on me, don't pick on me. Oh, it's my turn. And then I know people were waiting. They, like Any stutter I made, people would look at me like, but that's just how it be. You know what I'm saying? People... Learn in different places. So Psalm 96, verse 5. And now while she's reading from the Bible, you guys read up from here. This is an example of what we're going to be doing here since no, I don't care if you've got a Bible app, logos, whatever. We're going to be reading from here and the Bible. All right, you ready? Is it one through six? One through six, okay. 
Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens, splendor and majesty are before him, strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Right. Amen. We love reading his word and elevate, right? So here's the thing. If we go to my slide real quick, how is God worthy? How is God worthy? You know, I'm in, a, I'm in this after-school program called By the Hand, and this dude was saying how back in the day, kids would just respect people. Uh, basically, what I do is I, I'm almost like an after-school teacher, right? So let's say, like, Sean's in my program, and I'm like, Sean, pick up your pants, man. If he was a kid in my program, he'd be able to just look at me, roll his eyes, and be like, you pick up your pants, bro. But don't talk to me like that. I literally had one kid cuss me out. And I said, bro, you need to act like a child. You ain't, you're a child. Listen, he's like, man, don't disrespect me, man. And they, he almost got in my face, but then he like stopped and he turned around. But he was like 12. So I was like, I'm like 23. So I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm in this space in my life where I'm getting disrespected. It like got reversed because most of the time you're doing that to teachers until you're a teacher. And then you're like, oh, snap. But either way, he's saying people don't just respect you just to respect you because that's like the unspoken rule. You have to earn respect with a lot of these kids that I work with. And you see, God, you know, he doesn't really need our praise. He doesn't need our reverence. He doesn't need our respect. But when he did what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago, what he did to the Israelites by setting them free, what he did by creating man and woman and everything we see is that he earned our respect. He earned our praise. So how, what makes God worthy? Well, for one, if we are really serious, it's his salvation, one, his salvation. He's able to save. You see, no one else can save you from sin. No one else can save you from hell. No one else can save you from the effects of sin either. No one can save you. Nothing can save you. God is the only way to be saved. So what makes God worthy? What is it? First thing. Everybody say it. One, two, three. His salvation, the salvation he gives. I want to let you know, there's nothing you're doing, right, by yourself that can save you. Nothing. No work. I mean, no invention. I mean, we got, we got a new religion called uh, Global Crisis here where it's like, hey, man, we got to save the earth. We got to save the earth, dude. Recycle, bro. Bro, we've been recycling for 20 years. The earth is still dying, right? Oh, man, save the turtles, save the turtles. Listen, if evolution is true, the turtles are just going to die. That's just the truth. But if my God and the Bible is true, then he's salvation. Now, I'm not saying don't take care of your neighborhood and everything. Yes, pick it up. But the thing is, dude, it ain't got nothing to do with you. Whether you pick up that piece of trash or whether you don't, if the earth is doomed to crisis, the earth is doomed to crisis, wake up, humanity, you're dust. Only he can save. None of us can save. Some of us, we put our salvation right in sports. We're like, man, dude, I'm going to get my mama out the hood, and I'm going to get my homies out the hood. I'm going to feed them. Yada, 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 boom, boom. If I eat, you eat. Yeah, listen, that's not going to save them. If they're crazy and they got a bad way with money, they got a bad way with money. Nothing you can do can change them. Anybody ever seen the Rocky movie? Right? The Rocky movie. His brother, right, he gives him and trusts him with all his money. Then all of a sudden, Rocky's broke because he did not use his money. You see, nothing can save you 
except God. So that is one reason why God is worthy. So the other thing that makes him worthy is his creation. Right now, Nicholas, stick out your hand, and I want you to create something. Stick out your hand, and I want you to just think about something and create it. Speak it into existence. Okay, okay. So do what God did, right? Oh. <laughs> okay, someone beside now. I'm just kidding. So can you, can you right now just make some food come out of nowhere, man? I'm in the mood for Popeye's. I haven't had their sandwich. I would really like to try it. Provide. No spicy chicken is there, right? All right, that's funny, right? But here's the thing. What this scripture was saying was that there's, that all the other gods are idols, they're worthless, but God, you made the heavens. What that basically means is that you cannot create nothing. Nobody you know can create anything. Literally, everything we have and everything we've done is just actually borrowed resources from God. You're saying, well, my mama made me. No, listen, your mom had a uterus. And this uterus had the components to develop a child, which was given from God. So here's the whole thing. You think, well, man, you know, uh, you can think of anything you want. Like, well, what about the person who made the microwave? You know, no, they, they borrow components. They borrow things. Everything you have is not created. Nothing you see here was created by you. It was all created by God. Every molecule, every fabric of this universe was created by God. This is what makes him worthy. It's because even the clothes on your back, even though you bought it from Louis, I'm telling you once, man, it wasn't Louis who created it. It wasn't Gucci. It wasn't Prada. It was the Lord. Amen? That's it. That's what, another thing that makes him worthy. So what, what's the second thing that makes him worthy? On the count of three. One, two, three. So that makes him worthy. And another thing, this is what this is just in this verse, right? You can find it going, oh man, Joby, I have another thing that makes God worthy. Okay, that's awesome. Keep reading the word. Next thing is his distinction. Everybody say his distinction. Now this is like a word, you're like, distinction, what? What about dinosaurs? No, distinction means different. You see, the Bible says that God is holy. Holy means separate, unique, different. What that is saying is that there is no one like God. There is not one soul, not one thing in this earth, not one thought that can compare to God. His distinction makes him worthy. That alone makes him worthy. So this is the question. What in your life stacks up to his worth? What have you stacked up to the worth of God? This has been done throughout the universe. Everybody, whether they acknowledge it or not, they have attacked the acknowledgement of the worthiness of God. You may be doing it in your own life. You're going to school. You, got, you, could, you, you have two paths, right? I mean, man, dude, I've seen so many kids. They come from eighth grade. They got their shirt tucked in. They have their shirt up here. They talk like this, and they got glasses, and they walk around. And then literally two months later, they sag their pants. They're like, yo, what's up, Joe B? And I'm like, who are you? I literally met this one kid. I mean, he was, I think, I think he was new to this country. He was, he was a Mexican kid. We were playing basketball. The dude didn't know how to hoop. He could barely speak English. All of a sudden, a year later, he's a rapper. 
And I'm like, what the heck just happened, bro? Like, and he got music videos. He's like, no love city. I'm like, what? What happened to you, right? And it's because, right, he thought there was value in that. Man, this lifestyle has value. This, these people have value. All of this has value, right? And I preached him the gospel. When I preached him the gospel, it was always like, yeah, 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 cool, cool, for sure, for sure. Because why was, why was his answer, why was every conversation about the Lord and the gospel so apathetic, so boring? It's because he saw that Christ had no value. But what he did see was that rap had value. He saw that popularity had value. He said, saw that all these things had value. And he looked at God and he said, he's not worthy. He's not worthy. Another thing you have to realize is then at that point is what God is more, is worthy, more worthy than, right? What God is more worthy than? It's a tongue twister, but what is he more worthy than? Is he more worthy than my rap career? Is he more worthy than my school? Is he more worthy than my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my mom, my dad? Is he more worthy than the things I hold dear to me, right? Let's go to Paul. Let's see what he says. Philippians 3, verse 4 through 9. Everybody say worthy. Paul was an apostle, right? That means a sent one. He started lots of churches. I mean, the dude got stabbed. He probably got beaten. Matter of fact, in one chapter, he got dragged out the city and they beat because they, they thought they beat him to death. Simply because he said, I'm not a God. Don't worship me. I'm talking to you about Jesus. They got so angry at him that they beat him to, to almost dying and then just threw him out the city. This is Paul. Amen. So Paul is saying this. He wasn't always like this, though. Uh, though he, he encourages us before this not to have any confidence. Everybody say confidence. Confidence in the flesh. The flesh is everything that you are, everything that you can do, and everything that you have done. So everything that you are, right, you're in this, you can do in this physical body. So I got a lot of friends that I went to high school on Instagram. The minute they graduated, they just started getting gangs like crazy. And they're like, man, gym is my therapy, bro. Get swole. Man, I can't live without the gym. And they're like, I'm not myself without the gym. I suffered with depression. Then I just saw those barbells and I lifted them. And I felt so much peace. And I'm like, bro, that sounds so weird. But either way, you know, there's some science behind that, I guess. But they have confidence in the flesh. Some of us, when I was in high school, I used to have confidence in my hooping ability. Now I get dunked on by Jose, if y'all saw that. So... I, don't, I know not to have confidence in that. But Paul is saying, listen, you guys have your, your thing to put confidence in. You got good grades. You got a good, uh, you know, you, you're a good Catholic. You're a good, you know, uh, you're, you're a good basketball player, a good rapper. You're a good athlete, whatever. You know, you're, you're good at what you do, okay? And he's saying, though, he's like, don't put confidence in that, though, because though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have more reason, have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Everybody say, he has more. So listen, Paul is doing a little boast right now in his past life. He says, uh, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee. Listen what he's doing. He's listing a bunch of things he used to be, if we can continue. Though, uh, and then he says, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Basically, he just said he's perfect. He was perfect according to those Ten Commandments we've pretty much broken. 
those 613 laws he did, man, he, whenever he broke it, he sacrificed an animal. He was good. He was good. This guy was as good as, I mean, he's talking about LeBron James of the Jewish people. This dude, I mean, like, okay, so I'm, I'm Puerto Rican, but I got no Puerto Rican attributes. I'm not going to lie, right? I can't sing. I can't dance. Uh, I can't play baseball. But I'm talking about, man, you're a Puerto Rican of Puerto Ricans, man. You can sing. You can play dance. You can, you can sing like that one dude. What's that one dude, Enrique Enrique Iglesias? Enrique Iglesias, right? You can sing like him. And, and then all of a sudden, you're saying, well, all of that is lost. All of that is lost. Let's say, you know, for those that are Puerto Rican, let's say, you know, you're a black dude, right? And, you know, you're, 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 you're good at basketball. You're good at rap. Every stereotypical thing you can think of, okay? You know what? And you're smooth. You got game, yada, yada, yada. Let's say you're a girl, right? And you got, you got you know, let's say you're a Puerto Rican girl. <laughs> And you got attitude. <laughs> and you No, nah, I'm kidding. I'll stop there. Let's say let's say you're 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 cute, right? All the boys love you. You can dance, you can cook, you're smart, you're going to become a lawyer. You know, you're as good as any any woman can be on this earth, right? You're a feminist of feminists, okay? That's that's a, that's good. I say myself. Okay. All right. Let's see. Let's see. What Paul says, because he has more to boast than what, what, what does he say about what he put confidence in? But whatever regains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of who? Whatever regains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of? For the sake of? For the sake of? That means all your reputation, your popularity, your money, your skills, everything you once thought was good about you is a loss. For the sake of Christ, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. For his sake, he has lost all things. So listen, it doesn't matter who you think you are. You could be the captain of your cheerleader team. You could be the captain of your football team. You could be the next MC to bless the mic. You could be the best uh, athlete ever. You could be just the coolest dude on the block. Whatever you think you are, you consider it loss for the sake of knowing Christ. Literally, Paul goes on to say, I count it as garbage. And really, right, what it means by garbage, it means dung, it means that stuff that comes out your butt after you eat a lot of food. That means all your popularity flushed down the toilet. That means all the things you did at school, all the education that you put before God, everything that you thought that, was identif- that it could identify you, that was valuable to you, flushed, flushed, flushed. That's it. That's it. Literally, Paul is saying it's poop. And then he's saying, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. You see, Paul saw all those things, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was perfect according to law. He was awesome. He did X, Y, and Z. I mean, dude, this dude was LeBron James of the Jewish people. And he said, that's crap. That's garbage. That's poo-poo. That's not a, that needs to be flushed down the toilet. That's no longer a part of me. I want to know Christ. But listen, it's not just knowing Christ. He says, know the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. The surpassing worth of knowing Christ. 
If we can go to the earlier verses. So listen. What you consider gain is now a loss. That means everything you used to do that you thought was valuable. If you are to follow Christ, if you are to acknowledge God for who he is, for his worth, that means you count that all as a loss. Dude, literally, it doesn't matter if you sold drugs and you're making so much money. All the money you made needs to be flushed down the toilet. Because everything you gained from what you did, that's a loss. You count it as a big OL. And you meet Jesus and you know him. And what is this surpassing worth? It's of knowing him. It's a surpassing worth. That means it's exceedingly, it just becomes greater and greater. The, listen, you, you honestly think that you can just come to church every Friday and live your life as a sinner and say, you know Jesus. Listen, what you know is a religion. Because the minute you know Jesus just a little bit, it becomes surpassingly greater and greater every time you know something more about him. So every time you, the first time you found out about his grace, you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Then you started to read the Bible. And you're like, wow, Jesus is like this. Then you live it out. And Jesus starts to speak to you more and more about who he is and what he's done and how much he loves you. And what he wants for you to do in this life. And it becomes so amazingly greater than what you first knew before you got saved that you start to even love it. You start to desire it. Jesus, what, you start to pray prayers like, God, what is not of you? If there's any offensive thing in me, remove it from me. I want to know you more. You start to say, God, if there is a boyfriend or a girlfriend that is not for me, God, remove them. God, if there is a habit that I have that is not of you, I want to know you more. Remove it from me. You start to look at your life and you start to count everything as loss. Man, my family, they say I can't go to church on Friday. I can't go to church on Sunday. That's a loss right there. I don't care about their approval. I want to know Christ more. You start to look at your teacher that says you can't talk about Jesus in class. You can't be this bold for Jesus in school. You count that as a loss. Give me detention. You look at your, you look at your sports team. Your coach is telling you, listen, you need to come to practice, practice on Sunday, on Friday, on Saturday. You need to be dedicated to this team. If you're not dedicated, you're out. Oh, I count that as a loss. I want to know more about Christ. That's what you do. That's what you do. That is what Paul is saying for you guys now. He's saying you look at your life. You tally it up. How many losses have you taken? It doesn't matter. You want to know more about Christ. That's what Paul is saying here. And it just continues to increase. You see, you can't be bored with this. Listen, I want to let you know if you're bored as a Christian, you're probably doing it wrong. You're probably doing it wrong. You'll be walking down the street. You'll see a homeless dude. You'll see a gang member. You'll see some prostitute. And literally Christ will be like, preach to them. And you'll be like, what? But these people aren't supposed to be spoken to. Preach to them. You'll see some guy who in a suit. And he'll be like, God's like, listen, he needs to be saved. He's depressed. He's suicidal. Tell him this. And you're like, what? God, you want me to tell him this? Listen, there is a man called Billy Sunday who was a baseball player, White Sox, correct? White Sox baseball player. He heard Billy Graham, correct, preach? Or is it Moody? Pacific Garden Missions. Thank you, thank you. He heard 
one preaching of the gospel. He heard it. He quit being a baseball player and started preaching to the nation. He quit baseball. He dropped it. He dropped it. He saw baseball. He saw its worth. He saw the money he could make, the popularity he could make, the fame for years, the security, the job. And he counted it as loss. He counted it as loss. You see, following Christ is about as boring as a nonstop roller coaster ride. It's not boring at all. You see, you have this fellowship with the one who saves souls, with the one who created the universe, with the one that is like no other. Come on. How can you think that's boring? Some of you guys, you guys get hyped about talking to your best friend who don't care about you, who don't like you. He gossips about you, but you deal with it because he's cool. Some of you guys would pay millions of dollars. Heck, you would cut off your leg just to talk to Chance the Rapper, talk to Chance the Rapper, just to talk to G Herbo, just to talk to all these dudes that don't care about you. That don't care about you. When the God of the universe, guess what? He wants to be like this with you. He wants you to know him. So what is he worth more? The answer is everything. 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 Stack up everything against my God and it is worth nothing. All it's worthless idols. What have you put that is, what, ha, what worth have you put that is close to God in your mind? What idol have you created? An idol is something that you put in the place of God in worship. What are you worshiping that you're saying it's worth more than God? Or even worth the same? What? Is there anything I've mentioned? What is it? I want to encourage you today, remove it because it can't do anything for you. It can't save you, can't create nothing, can't do anything for you. The only thing it can do is lead you to hell. So top off the idols, get the idols off your life. Put God where he needs to be in your mind and your heart as Lord. But here's the thing. Some of us, we need to understand who Christ is worth more than. If we can go to Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3, verse 3 reads this. Jesus has been found worthy. Everybody say worthy. Worthy. Worthy of greater honor than Moses. The guy who split the Red Sea. The guy who did all these crazy things in the Old Testament. Just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. You see, a lot of times we, we, we always get consumed with the creation and we forget about the creator. That's what John 1 says, that people chose to worship the creator, or the creation instead of the creator. But the building is not worthy. So the person that is preaching here, he's not worthy. You guys are not worthy. No one here is worthy of the honor that is due to Jesus. Because you may walk in the building, you may talk in the building, you may speak in the building, but God created the building. You may walk in this suit that you call flesh, you may speak words that come out of the vocal cords in your throat, you may think with the mind that you have in your brain, but God created all of that. So this is the thing that we have to understand right now is God is worth more than everyone. Not just everything, but everyone. 
You see, Jesus, he's found more worthy than the most craziest people in the Bible. I mean, Moses, Abraham, all the people that did amazing things, Jesus has found more worthy than that. That's what the Bible is saying. So not one, not even, more, not even Moses is worth more than Christ. But this is the thing, not even you are worth more than Christ. So literally there have been people that have saw the gospel, that have saw Jesus, and they said, this is worth more than my very life. I will gladly lose it for Jesus. I will take this to places where people will kill me. There are places that people have traveled to, multiple groups of people, and they died. They couldn't even get to the shores. Over. They heard about the first group that died. They still went. They died too. The next group heard about it. They still went. They died as well. Next people grow, and then all of a sudden the whole island gets saved. You see, there are people that would count everything as lost. They would leave, they would leave their homes, their families. They would leave their jobs. They would leave everything. Because they see a God who is worthy. They see a gospel that can save. They see Christ. They see a sacrifice, but they see the life after the resurrection. They're like, dude, I'll take this to the ends of the globe. I will leave everything. I will be despised for my family. I'll be despised by my government. What do we leave, though, in America? We're not willing to leave our friends even for a class period. We're not willing to leave our sin. We're not willing to leave anything because we think it's worth more than Christ. We think we ourselves are worth more than Christ. Oh, the dude, man, the guy talking to me wants to preach the gospel. I I don't got time for that. I don't got time for that. My time is, is too much. It's too valuable. Oh, I got to dump my boyfriend and my girlfriend? No, man, they're too valuable to me. Oh, you mean I have to read the Bible? I got to pray? I got to do all these things in order to develop this relationship with God that he's given me freely? Nah, I'd rather be on Netflix. I'd rather just watch TV. Listen, we came and leave these comforts in our own home to head outside and preach the gospel. But yet people are willing to leave their country, their families, their jobs, their security, just to at least tell one person about Christ. And what about Jesus? Jesus left the comforts and the lavish riches of heaven, his throne. He left it to come to this God-forsaken place to bring us himself. I mean, the man took on flesh that was sick. He took on flesh that could be beaten. He took on flesh that could die. In order that so we could have life that would never perish. You see, he left heaven. He didn't see your worth. Get this straight. It was his own worthiness. His own name. His own worthiness of his name. His own namesake. That he came and he died on the cross. So this is what I have to tell you right now. Your only value, yourself, your only value you have And listen, a lot of people are going to hate me for this because a lot of people think about self-love, self-care. Listen, the only value you have in yourself is the denial of self. Yourself was only meant right now for one purpose, and that's to be denied. So you can lose yourself, like I was talking about last week, and you can know Christ. That's the only value you have in yourself. 
I don't care about the technology that you think you can create. I don't care about the God-given purposes that you think you have. The self was meant to be denied so that Christ could be known. Because the surpassing worth of Christ is greater than anything this world could ever give you. That's it. Listen, if you want to know Christ more, the things of this world and its value have to decrease. You have to begin to see the value that it truly has, which is nothing, and begin to see the value which Christ really has, which is everything. It's everything. If I can have my altar workers up here, please, and Lawrence. Listen, you guys have a decision today. You guys are going back to school, and a lot of things are going to take up your time. I've had people that they've been on fire but the minute they get to school, they see challenges, they face challenges they didn't face in the summer, and they start to think, man, is God really worth it? Man, is God really worth my time? Is God really worth me going to church on Fridays, going to church on Sundays, looking like a fool to my friends? Because I've, no longer de- I've, no, I've decided to no longer live for myself and for them, but I've decided to live for Christ. Is knowing Christ really worth it? You're going to ask yourself these questions. The answer is very simple. Yes, yes, he is. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Because all those things, they can't save you. They're no different. I mean, you could be Michael Jordan, but there's a LeBron James. You could be LeBron James, but there's a next basketball player that will overshadow you. You could be Tupac, but then there's a Drake, right? now. I'm joking. I'm not going to compare them, right? But here's the thing. Dude, you're, you're honestly, your only thing that makes you special in this world, I'm going to tell you right now, is not what you can do, who you are. It's nothing. Nothing's, nothing none of that's going to make you special. It's who you know. And if you know Christ, that means, listen, you're worthy to him. Now, he makes us worthy. He makes us worthy. He now gives us his worth because we become a brother and sister to Christ. So is God worthy? Yes, he is. How is he worthy? We found that out today. His creation, his salvation, his distinction. What is he worth more? Everything. Who is he worth more than? Everyone and anyone, including you. So if you guys can stand up, please. Listen, guys, the altar call is very simple. If you have put idols in your life, if you've made yourself an idol, if you've made sports an idol, if you've made a loved one an idol, if you have put things in the place where God should be, and you've given them more value than they deserve, more value than they actually have, this altar calls for you. Because the Bible says that's sin, my friends. And listen, guys, you don't want to be in this sin. You don't want to be in the sin of idolatry. Because the sin of idolatry will have you worshiping gods that have no power, that can't save, that can't speak, that are dumb and useless. Essentially, idolatry will have you wasting your life just to waste your eternity in hell. 
And this dude, basketball may make you feel good. That's cool. This girlfriend may make you feel good. That's cool. All this stuff may make you feel good temporarily. But listen, as you come here more, you'll understand I am not concerned with your feelings. Feelings come and go. Feelings are good one day. They're bad the next. I'm more concerned with the worthiness of God. Because no matter what you think, you can think God is not worthy. You can think God does not deserve the honor that you think that I'm saying he is. But I'm telling you right now, it doesn't change the fact that he is worthy. Just like if Dan decided to fly and he jumped off the building, he would fall. No matter how much he thinks in his mind he can escape gravity, gravity still exists. And he's still going to fall. So no matter what you think you can do to escape the worthiness of God... He created the heavens and the earth. The very thoughts that you think to think against him are products of his creation. But listen, there's another altar call I want to give for those that want to continue to know Christ more because it is surpassingly great. There is a surpassing worth in knowing Christ. For those that know Christ and want to know him more, you want to be like Billy Sunday. You want to be like those people that went across the sea and they said, man, forget everything. Forget, forget my job, right? Forget my education. Forget everything. I want to know Christ more and I want the world to know him as well. Listen, there are dreams. There are God dreams for you right now. And you can discover them. And in that, in, in every bad moment of this God dream and every suffering, right? Every bit of suffering, every bad thing that you think happens, you can actually know Christ more. And that's the awesome thing about, suff- that, about knowing Christ. is because even, because even in your suffering, even in the bad times of life, there's purpose. Because you get to know Christ in your suffering. Because Jesus Christ himself suffered. So in this altar call, listen, if you have made an idol out of something and you have put worth on it that it does not earn, has not earned or is not due, come up here, re- receive prayer. They'll walk you through repentance. And if you want Christ, you want to know him more. You want to know him like your best friend. You want to hear him when you awake. You want to hear him when you go to sleep. You want to know his dreams for you, his desires for you. Listen, you can come up now here because God wants to move through Elevate. There are missionaries in Elevate. There are pastors in Elevate. There are evangelists in Elevate. There are people in Elevate that are seeing the cause for following Christ. They're seeing everything they have and they're counting it as loss. So as Lawrence sings, I want you guys to begin to pray. Begin to do that. Begin to count everything as lost to know Christ.